Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, I don't want to shock anybody if you're out there, but we actually have a new episode today. <laughs> Wait a second. Let's not go too quick. <laughs> I think this is our second episode of the season. <laughs> yeah. But we're back. It was funny how people would message us or email us. They're like, dudes, there's going to be another podcast. Now they've just given up. Well, I don't blame them. They just stopped. I don't blame them. Yeah. I'm sure all the feeds out there are saying like, this podcast is fallow. <laughs> They're no longer posting. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's fair. And, you know, if two people are listening or 200, dude, we're good with it. We just like talking to each other. Yeah, so, it's fun. Um, that, that, that's it. That's it. I don't care if people are watching or, not, or listening or not. It doesn't matter to me. You're like, what if no, one, no one's going to listen? I'm like, who cares? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, um, who cares about the sharks? Also, I'll, I'll say we do. We care. We, we care. care. I care, dude. Um. Let's just jump right in. Let's do it. Sharks are bad. We all know this. They're right? bad. I think the thing that has been the hardest part of this season for me is not that they're bad. I'm fine that they're bad. I I I I don't even think it's secretly. I openly want them to be bad. Yeah. Because I think the opportunity to draft the kid who played for the Junior Sharks, Celebrini, and to have a compelling storyline behind this team again is essential. Yes. It's essential. Right. He is not Connor Bedard, but he would be a number one pick that you can pair in future seasons with other potential elite offensive talent, and it gives you some real hope to hang on to. The biggest challenge I'm having this year is this team is stone-cold boring. Right. They're boring on and off the ice. It's one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be boring. And it's both. It's both right now. It's both. And um, they're boring in their style of play. They don't have any personalities that have emerged to be compelling players to follow or root for. I feel like I don't know who a lot of these guys are. Like I know who they, I know the players, right? Sure. But I don't know. I don't feel like we don't know them, right? Because there isn't anybody, from what I could tell, who has any sort of. We're missing that jumbo, that Burns factor, that. And we're, I know we're talking about two incredibly unique players, right. In the last twenty years of the NHL, but we've been spoiled, I guess, to have some real characters. Even put Dan Boyle in that mix, dude. Absolutely. Dan Boyle was super spicy, right? Yes. And very, I mean, you always could count on him to be incredibly grouchy <laughs> after whatever <laughs> happened, right? Right. And he was, and it was funny. He wasn't grouchy after a win. But he, would be, he had a sense of humor. He was grouchy like, I mean, after a loss. Anyways, dude, it's just, it's like when, when like the most compelling thing that's happened is that your head coach had hip replacement. <laughs> <laughs> right you're like who is yeah. ken hitchcock here what happened your your captain has some strange and 
sounds incredibly unfortunate. Some sort of pelvic problem. Yeah, I mean, could Randy Hahn say pubic bone on the broadcast anymore? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. If you're, if you're Logan Couture and you're sitting at home, it's like, please stop saying pubic Would bone. Would you stop talking about my pubic like, bone? I mean, like, just say, look, give the guy a break. Yeah. Pubic bone. He said it like five times in, in like two minutes. Oh, it's a uh, pubic bone, aggravated pubic bone. <laughs> like, come on, Just Randy. say lower body like everybody Jeez, else. Jeez, man. Because then you're like, in your mind, you're like, what does that look like? Well, what could that be? And you're like, no. I don't want to know. I don't want to see any pictures. I don't want any diagrams. Dude, uh, or- dude. I mean, so I guess, yeah, I take it back. But that's the most interesting thing that's happened. Logan Couture's pubic bone? <laughs> so as we look ahead, dude, um, when is the NHL trade deadline? Because this will most definitely be the most exciting thing on the horizon in the next couple weeks. Right. And certainly, I think the number one player on the block right now, who the Sharks are, I'm sure the Sharks would take offers on Almost anybody, not everybody, but almost anybody. Yeah. But it certainly seems like the player, and there was an article written about him just a few days ago, who is definitely, as if this is a surprise, but who's on Quinn's uh, naughty list is Kevin LeBanc. Kevin LeBanc is looking to find some, maybe not even greener pastures, other pastures, browner pastures, doesn't matter. Sure. Dude, this is, I mean, Kevin LeBanc is caught in like a downward spiral of yeah everything, right? This guy, you know how I feel about it. And if anybody has been listening, which I'm convinced no one's listening, right? then you know that I feel like this guy's gotten a raw deal. Like I just, I do. Like he doesn't, like I, and I know I'm not a coach and I'm not a hockey player and I'm not an expert. I'm just a fan. But I don't think he sucks. And I think that like he... He's one of the only offensively gifted players that we have with a track record of producing points. Sure, maybe that was a product of playing with some really great players several years ago. But I think that he is capable of generating offense and they bury him on the fourth line and they don't play him. And so, you know what? Yes, maybe he has defensive deficiencies and he has holes in his game, but so do everybody else on this roster. Right, right. um, why is he not playing? They're just determined to end this guy's career. It's I, it, it's unfortunate. I have a feeling, and you know, in that article about him, David Quinn didn't say anything specific about the stuff Kevin LeBanc is doing or not doing, but he did have a funny quote, which was, "It's not like I'm doing my grocery list when these guys are practicing. I'm paying attention. It doesn't matter." It, it's not just what you do during the games. And I think, you know, this guy isn't Allen Iverson. You know, it's like Allen Iverson's like, practice? Who cares about practice? <laughs> sure. I mean, Kevin LeBanc is like, uh, you know, he's going to score 10 goals a year. But, but for how, like, if you're Kevin LeBanc and you practice super hard, don't you feel like he's already been through this Groundhog Day? He probably feels like Bill Murray. Right. Yeah. I'm sure he has practiced hard to try to get noticed, and then he gets back in the game, and then he ends up back in bed listening to Sonny and Cher when it wakes him up in the morning, nice. and he's back, uh, back on the bench again, and back being scratched, and then he practices hard again, and then it's just this. I don't know. Like I feel like other people have been given a ton of leeway and rope, and this guy's just been 
buried, right? right? So, anyways, the point is, who who's going to take Kevin LeBanc, dude? Like, who who's going to want Kevin LeBanc? I don't know. I don't think anybody. I think the Sharks have blown it. They they they've completely trashed this asset by trying to I don't know tough love him into being better. Right. And instead, they're going to end up with nothing. He's cars for kids, dude. Yeah. You're going to have to like get someone is you're going to have to donate him, basically. Yeah. I just don't think anybody's going to take him at this point. I think so. And that's a I feel bad for him. Like, you know, so I feel bad for him on a level, but I have this feeling and I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I've never played on a really competitive hockey team. I mean, I've played hockey before. I've certainly heard lots of stories about people who have played on competitive hockey teams and know people and have kids and other, you know, that's a, it's a culture that requires high level effort all the time. And I think the culture of hockey still is such that if you don't provide high level effort all the time, that's how you make enemies on the coaching staff very quickly. And my gut feeling is, and again, this is based on zero evidence that there might be some sort of effort problem here. You got to back check when your team sucks. You got to back check. He's not Connor, you know, he's not Connor Bedard. So he's got to play hard all the time. He's not good enough to take shifts off. He's not good enough to dog it in practice. Yeah. You're right. Is he the best, one of the better players offensively that the Sharks have? Yeah, but he's not that great. And you don't want to create a culture where, oh, this guy's like taking some time off. Why don't I just do that now too? You know? Sure. Dude, I, yeah. I, I don't disagree with that, but. Well, I don't know that we'll maybe once we'll, he's gone. We'll never gone, know. We'll never may, know. Well, maybe once he's gone, we'll hear more. Maybe. But for right now, he's not a member of this team now or in the future. And I don't know that he'll be a member of anybody's team this year. Other than the... I mean, and I get it. If he's a problem, they're not going to send him down to the Barracuda. They're just going to let him rot on the big club. Right? Because you don't want that down there either. Because the Barracuda stink on their own. That's a whole separate problem. The good, the good news is that Mark Edward Vlasic apparently is taking up the offensive mantle now. Dude. So he's going to make up for Kevin LeBanks. Good for him. I mean, why not? I've heard so many like theories about why now Mark Edward Vlasic suddenly feels liberated, maybe yeah. in his personal life right. and in his professional life. Hey, uh, good for him. Another guy who has zero value around the league, even with this offensive renaissance. Yeah. You know, there is no way that anybody is going to give you anything for Mark Edward Vlasic at that cap hit. No. And you're not going to retain salary to get a fifth round pick, right? That's true. So, That's true. But, you know, it's, it is a good story, right? Because it certainly seemed, again, to the outside observer, that he seemed listless, maybe slightly uninterested, you know, the last couple of seasons. And maybe... That had something to do with the personal stuff that's recently come to light. Maybe it had nothing to do with it. Who knows? You know, maybe he had a pelvic issue. <laughs> <laughs> pelvic bone. Pubic bone. <laughs> but, but you know, it's good to see a guy rejoin the lineup, being productive. You know, certainly, I have good feelings about Mark Edward Vlasic. He had a lot of good seasons for us. Of course. So I want to see him thrive. That's, that's a feel-good story. Is it really going to make a big difference on the ice in terms of wins and losses? Not really. But it's still, it's a bright spot. Dude, I'm looking at this roster here, and I think, you know, there was an article that came out today, I think, on NBC Sports Bay Area that basically was like, sharks are open for business, right? Sharks are... Oh, yeah. And you're like, okay, they're open for business, but like, who 
who on this roster will actually get you back anything of any value, right? Because I look at the guys who are obviously available. And when you look at, I mean, here are the players that are unsigned for next year. Okay. LeBanc, Mike Hoffman, Anthony Duclair, Luke Cunning is an RFA, Barabanov, Philip Zadina, Justin Bailey, Ryan Carpenter. I just named eight of the forwards who played last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, so... Um, oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, not LeBanc. But, dude, like, I mean, that's half the Sharks' current forward roster right. is unsigned. And it's hard to make a case for keeping... Any of them. Any of them, Right. right? I agree with you. You know, I mean, Justin Bailey's been a good story, right? But at 28 years old, this guy was a waiver claim, right? I mean, he's been a good story, and he and he's a good fourth line player. Three points last night, right? I mean, he's 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 been a good, but don't you feel like this is like the the Mikey Essamon like situation where? You know, yeah. Mike Greer is going to be like, nah, I don't really feel like paying you. Right. If I can get anything for you, then I'm going to, if someone's like, actually, of the guys that you have, I want Justin Bailey because he seems like yeah. he's unrestricted, he's cheap, and he's been fulfilling a fourth line role effectively this year. Okay. A waiver claim turned into a fifth or fourth round pick. That's, I mean, if you're the Sharks, do you keep Justin Bailey or do you take the pick? You take the pick. Of course. Right? Of course. Because you're not interested in necessarily keeping a 28-year-old guy. The Sharks aren't in a position where they're like, you know what our problem is? We have to shore up the fourth line. (laughs) Right? Yeah, not right now. Yes, correct. I mean, you know, Justin Bailey notwithstanding, and he may very well be one of those guys that a, a good team's like, we need a guy who's going to play hard on the fourth line and who can produce a little bit. That's a great pick for us because that's our priority. The priority for the Sharks right now is to take as many swings as you possibly can in the draft. Maybe you get a Joe Pavelski in the fifth round. Maybe you get another star in one of those later rounds. You've got to take as many at-bats as possible in the draft Correct. to get one of those guys. And you add up those picks, and sometimes when you have two fourths, you can turn that into a third, right? right? So you, you've got to retain as much ammo as possible to make moves when you identify players that you want, dude. The, the player to me, okay, you know, okay, Duclair, would somebody maybe want him? Maybe he has not been that good this no, year, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, so it's sort of like, what what do you what do you do with if somebody wants him? I, I don't I don't know. I mean, like I mean, he's a veteran with a track record, but I mean, there's got to be a reason why this guy does has been on like half the teams in the NHL already at 28. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I mean, know. like it's just he hasn't been able to stick anywhere. Um, I, if you're looking for players that are going to maybe possibly get you back the best value, Luke Cunning is an RFA. Don't you think that <sighs> that's he, tough? I like Luke Cunning. I do too. But we're, again, we're talking about a, like, we're talking about a 26 year old player who's an RFA who's coming, he's making 2.75. Do you want to sign Luke Cunning to a three year, $10 million deal? Or do you want to try and get a pick 
yeah, or a prospect out of it, right? Because if you're a good team and you can get like a cheap, you know, relatively cheap, effective bottom six forward who plays with some physicality, he can chip in 10 goals a year, 10, 15 goals. He might be one of their biggest assets yeah. that they could move. Right? I agree. I agree with that. And that's nothing to do with him not like not liking the player. I think that's the point. He's actually an we, attractive player. Yeah, we like him a lot. Like so you could you could maybe get something for him, right? Like you you could get something of value. You're getting a a seventh rounder in twenty twenty seven from the corpse of Mike Hoffman. <laughs> Like I know Mike I'm, Hoffman. Oh well, what are you going to do? It was worth. The, I mean, I it's don't worth know. A shot. It's worth the shot, right? I sure. mean, like you, you had to, you had to to take the swing, right? Um, but uh, other than that, dude, I mean, like, I mean, there are there are players to be moved, but well, is anybody going to going to take the bait? Right? It's too early on Grandland and Ruda. I don't think anybody's going to want them with any term, right? Next year is when you move those guys. Something something I read said like, oh, the Sharps should definitely keep Ruda. I mean, there must be something I'm missing because, I don't know, is he a stabilizing force that I'm just missing here? Because I'm just... I mean, he's he's a average NHL defenseman. Like on, right. And, and I think right now with another year on his deal, I mean, if somebody wanted him, you move him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think anybody's going to want him. But w- would you be able to move him next year at the deadline? I think so. If someone wants to pick up a a sixth or seventh guy, right? You know, his he might have more value next year than he does this year when he comes at a much cheaper price. But I mean, this right now is all about asset accumulation, dude. Let me ask you about the goalies. Yeah, what do you do here, right? Because this, I think we agree, the goaltenders have not been the problem. Right? Agreed. So what do you do? If somebody wants one of the Sharks goalies, Kakanen's unrestricted, Blackwood's got another year. Like... If it's me, I keep Blackwood unless someone gives some ridiculous offer. And Kakanen is open for business. That's how. That's how I would approach it. Hey, if you want to overpay for Blackwood, you want to give me something crazy? All right, I'll take it. Fair market value? Nah, no thanks. Right. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that you finally have goaltending that isn't losing the games for you. <laughs> You're just losing them in other ways. Right, right. That by taking yourself out of that, any sort of stability would be a mistake. Um, I, I, If somebody wanted to give you... I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about Kokkinen, like... You know, he's coming off a he's in the final year of a two point seven five deal on the market. Is he really gonna get more than that? No. Like so I, I don't know. Like I, I'm I'd be okay. Well maybe you move him and then maybe you resign him again. Yeah. Like if you can move him, like what's an acceptable return? Like what do you think you could get for him? I mean fourth. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking too. Yeah. So if you could get a fourth I mean, the, the thing that makes it harder, dude, is that the Sharks Barracuda goalie situation is not good. Yeah. Like, the, the, the stats on the Barracuda goalies are poor. And 
it's not like it's sort of like, well, we really need to bring one of these guys up and give them a look. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, right. So, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we talked about accumulating picks, but which I think is a good idea. It's just, um, you don't want to make it so it's so, so bad right. that, oh, I don't know, maybe you do. <laughs> maybe you do. Maybe you just want to make it so bad. He just gives in goals from all angles. <laughs> Dude, what do you think about Kalen Addison? Sharks traded for him from the wild. He's kind of the only true uh, quote unquote puck mover that we have um, on paper. But, uh, you know, seven points in 33 games has not exactly lived up to the the billing that I expected. I don't know. In a full season, that puts him at the 20-point mark. They're giving him a look. I mean, if you look at his stats from last night, right? Played 18-26, so that's second pairing kind of minutes. Ferrara played the most, followed by Emerson. I think they like Emerson. And it's Ruda and Addison basically on the second pair. Well, Addison and Vlasic played about the same. And then you have Burroughs and uh, McDonald playing the least. But Addison by far played the most on the power play. So that's what... He's like a power play specialist, basically. Right. That's kind of what they're trying to find. Can we spark some offense from the blue line with this guy? Um, And he's not playing any shorthanded time. The remainder of his ice time is even strength. So they're seeing if maybe they can pump him up a little bit on the offensive side. I, I don't really have a problem with that. It he doesn't look like the, the second coming of uh, Brian Leach here, but um <laughs> Um Dude how two questions here. Do you think I, I enjoyed actually. Well, first of all, we went to the HL All Star Game. We did. Which we didn't talk about yet. And I went to the Skills too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was fun. Um, four teams. Uh, All Stars broken up into four teams from their respective divisions. They played a round robin tournament. It was kind of confusing, but right. in the end, the Pacific ended up winning the championship with Mukamadulin. Yeah. Playing a pretty you know good role. It was fun. Um, and it was fun. Um, to be. Uh, there at the rink, dude. I mean, I I I like Muka Madulin. Yeah, I like his size. I like him. He seems pretty mobile. Do you think? And I thought he played pretty well in his brief tenure with the Sharks a couple weeks ago. Do you think that they should leave him down in the minors, or should Muka Madulin be up with the big club this year? Well, talking about those top four guys I just mentioned, Emerson, Ferraro, and Ruda, and either Addison or Vlasic, which one of those guys are you not going to play to play Mook Madulin? Because I don't want to play Mook Madulin 12 minutes. Right. You got to get rid You got to basically move one of those guys down. There's no reason to put Mook Madulin on the team. And then you're like, guess what? You're, you're going to be paired with Kyle Burroughs. <laughs> and you're yeah. going to, you know, we're, who's going to provide no offense at all. I mean, Kyle Burroughs has some good habits as a defenseman. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's not playing for an NHL team for nothing, but he's not exactly like, I want to mold you into Kyle Burroughs, <laughs> right? Yeah, dude, I think that's a really good point. I think that, um, 
what's best for his development is for him to be playing meaningful minutes, meaningful power play, meaningful PK, um, even if it's at the minor league level. Now, if the Sharks end up trading out of that defensive group that you just mentioned, which I don't really know uh, other than Ferraro, who's very tradable in there, although yeah. I guess maybe someone might be interested in Addison, I suppose, but I don't know that that's like, again, like, is that the player that you want to move? Like, you want to move the only like possible, he's an RFA, the only possible, like, young puck mover that you have i mean i guess maybe they would have seen enough and been like nah like this guy doesn't have what we want yeah we'll get what we can for him okay you know um but the rest of them i mean the impression i get is that emberson is uh a player that they like um i've seen other you know hockey minds that i respect mentioned that he might be their best defensive defenseman. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a, it's a pretty bad team and he's played 25 games and he's still plus minus zero. Right. And we've talked about how little plus minus sometimes works, but I mean, that's, it's a back of the envelope, not a great metric, but it's an okay metric. I mean, this guy is not horrible. Yeah. And I think right now you're looking for not horrible. Um, so I don't think he's going anywhere unless somebody made a stupid offer, right? right? Right. Which again, maybe like for some of these guys, another guy that you you got on waivers, right? Like you got him for free. Yeah. 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 So if you can turn him into something, somebody wants to give you an asset in return that you value more than you value Emerson. I mean, I guess he's a player that could move, but to your point, you know, Muka Madulin, it is pointless to bring him up. And have him play bottom of the lineup minutes, right? Yeah, Just that makes to no give sense. him a taste of losing at the NHL level. Right. He's already losing at the AHL level. He's already so. got plenty of a taste for losing. Oh God. So um I think that that's that's a a good point, dude. Here's my second question. With um Leon Gawanke mm-hmm. uh wanting to leave and leaving the Barracuda, the Sharks statistically best defenseman that they had on the AHL team leaves. He would rather be in Germany than to be here. I mean, this is the second player in two years. Who's basically asked to go back to their home country than rather play for the sharks. Um, We've had some interesting comments about with with players talking about, I mean, who was the player? It was the player um, that we got from Colorado, and I can't remember what his name is. I know, I know. The player he, was, that, he was saying that they, they like made him go fight and stuff. Right, so this actually, so we got to count him. He's the third. So we've had three players basically go to Europe instead of play in the shark system. Yep. Um, do you, is something smell here, dude? Or is this just a weird coincidence if i'm greer i'm checking it out uh-huh. you gotta check it out mm-hmm. right you cannot have an organization that players don't want to play for right because they're not nearly if you got scotty bowman and you're winning stanley cups every year okay they don't like the coach too bad he's winning barracuda not good right you can't have a bad organization and a losing culture. <laughs> right, dude, not 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 good. The worst yeah. in the Pacific Division. Yeah. I mean, if again, like 
it, part of it is it doesn't seem like they have a lot of talent on that team, right? Mm-hmm. And that is part of the problem. So for the Sharks to identify, is there a culture issue there? And also, like, is there a coaching issue there? Could be, right? You know, like, you have I mean, to think about it. Like, what's the what's the deal here? Like, what why, is the deal? Why? <laughs> I don't know that. And, and I mean, I I'm, this is a no facts to back up this statement. Breaking news, but. <laughs> Uh, is that, it, that's it, like the uh, subtitle of the podcast. <laughs> no facts to make up our statements. But it would seem odd to me that the big club and the AHL team are the worst. <laughs> like they're both the worst. Yeah. So like you're looking down and you're like, well, the future is coming. No, it's not. There's nothing down there. Right. Yeah. That is winning. There's nothing that's happening. And you've seen some players that you were kind of banking on to be contributors their careers are in question right now are we counting ryan merkley i think you have to yeah i mean like i think you have to count ryan merkley in this like that you know ryan merkley might have just been a flawed draft pick from the start and then the fact that he bombed out in colorado right and is now in the khl like maybe actually, you know what? I don't count Merkley. Okay. But I mean, the the player that left to go back to the KHL. Um, I know. I, um, I can't think of it either. Sasha Chevalevsky, yeah. right? Who now apparently people are like, well, maybe he's going to sign with an NHL team. I mean, that's a huge whiff. Like yeah. if that happens, the Sharks like let him leave. And then if he comes back over here and is good. Right. That's a oops. Yeah. That's a big boy you guys that you screwed up right but when you look at this the sharks right now and you go ozzy weisblatt yeah like what yeah what's the deal like is he just not like just not good is that the is that the deal (laughs) yeah right maybe that's the deal like but um like tristan robbins Mm mm-hmm yeah. Tristan it, Robbins. Not, Hello? Yeah. Hello, Tristan Robbins. Second round pick. The dude is like milk carton. Yeah. yeah. Like He's lost. He's gone. You know, those guys aren't even, they're not even playing, right? And I don't think, I don't, I don't think they're hurt. I think they just stink, right? Dude, that's not good. You got to find this out. I mean, I, I know that... I think it's very possible that you just ended up... Listen, drafting is not an exact science. There are so many players that turn into great players in the lower rounds, and there are so many players in the first two or three rounds that never even sniff the NHL. Maybe this is just one of those. But I think if you're a new GM, a new administration, right? Greer's two years in. you got to figure that out. you got to know, right? you got to... Maybe you talk to those players, right? I mean, from a corporate perspective, you got to figure that out somehow. It's not that you're going to just take this player or whoever's word as gospel and say, yeah, the coaching staff is terrible or whatever, whatever this player, whatever their story is, why they all of a sudden seem to have promise and then they just weren't any good or just couldn't stay in the lineup. But you got to at least try and find the answer because if it turns out that you're minor league organization is sort of poisoning these players 
or not developing them them properly, then you have you have no possible way of getting good ever, right? Yeah. No, I mean it's you know you look at the 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 CUDA dude, and it's filled with like AHL journeymen, like a, a lot of them, you know, that are you know, Jacob Peterson, Scott Sabarin, Nathan Todd, Cole Castles, Radim Shimik, Jack Studnika, Oscar Lindblom. Kanishov, who has essentially been banished from the NHL, right, dude? You know, like like the 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 team doesn't have any a lot of talent on it, mm-hmm. right? So maybe that's coming. Who knows? Maybe it's coming. Like you know, in the next couple of years, maybe that part of it isn't fair. Maybe this team just isn't in in the cycle of development of Sharks prospects. They're not there yet, right? But I think you're counting on Robbins and Weisblatt to be better than they are. Like for them, like the way that they're producing and they're playing, they both just played in the last game. That's not good. Like both of them, seven points. Yeah. Yeah. All year. (laughs) All year. Yeah. Wow, dude. Not good. Nope. So. In conclusion. (laughs) Listen, I mean, you know, and then, then the, the the funny part is the Sharks win last night, right? And yeah. Zadina also just like all of a sudden appears from like the woods yeah. and has a good game. Yeah, um, another, he's, like, he's like Bigfoot. Another he player just shows up every year. Or that so. like you know you you're sort of like, dude, what? That was a a risk worth taking, but what a whiff! Like, I mean, like that guy has completely blown it on his chance to resurrect his career. Um. But maybe not. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's got 17 points in 48 games. You know, if you... I mean, 30 points out of a guy like that, he's a minus 23. Oof. Cold and Zadina. Dude. Yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. What I mean, what, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the number one overall pick. Yeah. I'm looking and, forward and, to. and I just... Please, just don't mess this up. Well, dude, I mean... We haven't even talked about the injuries, right? I mean, obviously, we spent way too much time talking about Logan Couture's pelvis, but um, it's pubic, dude. Pu- it's pubic bone. Pubic bone. Excuse me, but Hurdle is out now. Yeah, Couture is out. Yeah, don't rush him back. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, the two best players in the team are out. I think the Sharks might have the worst, the most man games lost to injury of any NHL team this season. Yeah, I would. So the Sharks have been extremely unlucky yeah. as well as bad. Yeah. I would, those guys can just get them a timeshare somewhere and tell them to relax. Right. Like, I mean, I think there's no point in risking Hurdle's long-term health as an asset or as a player on your team. And the same with Logan Couture, right? Although Couture, maybe you need to bring him back at some point this year to demonstrate that he has value if you're going to try and trade him in the offseason, right? Which I think is... I mean, there's been whispers that there yeah. are teams that are interested in him, right? Um, but God, I, I just want—I I would like to see the Sharks do something where they can acquire some sort of personality. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Like, I mean, yeah. and even like you think about like when they acquired like a Rafi Torres, right? As 
polarizing as that statement might be, mm-hmm. like that was maybe not like a interview personality, right? Mm-hmm. But like a statement personality on the ice in terms of I I play a certain way and I'm going to play a certain way. And then he had to go ruin it by like, you know, kneeing somebody and getting suspended for like three years. Sure. <laughs> but dude, like at least, you know, you had that. You're like, um, whereas you have players like Brad Marchand and Tom Wilson, like, I mean, that have this sort of style of play that yeah. is of of note where you're like, oh, I know what I'm going to get if I watch those teams. I'm going to get like that kind of energy mm-hmm. or like that kind of effort, right? Yeah. And the Sharks are in this like no man's land middle ground with no identity, right? And it's... That's before they get good. I would like them to at least get watchable. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. All right, dude. Well, you know, that's our second podcast of the year. So I yeah. think we fulfilled our obligations. We'll see you in June. <laughs> see you after the season. All right, dude. Good to see you. Go Sharks. Hey, show. Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.